I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you're listening to The Catherine Zox Show. Joining me today is Juliet Hall, author of Own Your Opportunities, a story of self-discovery and self-determination. Juliet Hall made a career-defining decision to leave a company after being told her desired career path would not happen. She now recounts her job experiences spanning 20 years, building a narrative to show how she evolved, discovered her gifts, and succeeded in a career amidst a backdrop of corporate trauma before making the pivot to realize her dream. No matter the opposition, whether it's family and tradition, systemic bias and marginalization or difficult leadership, there is always a path forward. She refused to be put into a box and allow others to define success for her. She's the principal of Juliet Hall, Inc., a boutique leadership consulting agency based in Atlanta and has been recognized by several organizations in Atlanta as a top black woman of influence. Welcome to the show, Juliet. Nice to have you on today. Thank you so much, Catherine. And so you decided you weren't going to put up with all the corporate stuff and uh, you were going to sail your own ship, I guess, is what we is what I would say. So <laughs> and um, a lot of people want to do that, though. They you know, they feel that way. They feel like they're not getting ahead, particularly women, particularly black women. And it's like, but they can't get out of it. They just can't seem to leave. And but you did. So, you know, let's start with that. How did you do it? We're talking 20 years? Yes, I was in corporate America for 20 years and towards the latter part of my career, I honestly just felt the writing or I saw the writing on the wall for myself. I um, had this dream of what I wanted to do in the corporation I was a part of and my dreams did not fit within my job and I was told that the likelihood of my dreams would not occur inside the corporation. And and so that coupled with just my own internal struggle of wanting to be more um, than the opportunity that I had, uh, it just created a tension inside of me. And I actually mentally resigned from corporate America before I physically resigned. And yeah, for, for two years, I really... Um, that's the the part where I um, I decided uh, that I wanted to pursue uh, my dream, and I just knew that my days in corporate America were coming to an end. Uh, Catherine, I didn't just jump ship. Uh, there was a process of actually making a pivot, and for me, the first step of that process was believing in myself and believing in my value. And um, that's hard for a lot of people. Um, and so, um, but I, I had, I'm, I'm a very confident person. And the root word at the root of confidence is the word confide, which basically means to trust. And I had to trust in my own value. And once I got um, to that point where I was like, you know what, I know what's inside of me. I know what gifts are inside of me. And I know that my leadership capacity is bigger than the sandbox I was given, uh, then I started putting steps uh, or putting a plan in place and taking steps to prepare for my pivot. Okay. In preparing for your pivot, what held you down? 
if anything? I mean, you said there was a two-year period where you knew you were gone. You weren't gone physically, but mentally you were out of there and you were figuring out how you were going to get out of there, I assume. Because like in the intro, I said, you know, stuff holds people down, family, tradition, systemic bias, all of those things. Did any of those things hold you down? And, you know, if so, how did you overcome it? Let's say during those two years when you decided to leave, I'm going to follow my own path. Yeah. Yeah, um, you know, I'm a Gen Xer, um, and I think that what was holding me down uh, probably was a little bit of fear, a little bit of of self-doubt, because I grew up uh, during a time where my parents, they, um, the, the mindset was you work for some organization and you stay there for 30 years and you get a, a watch <laughs> after that time. I mean, yeah, that's it, a gruesome, um, that's my generation. You're a Gen X, I'm a baby boomer. And that gold yeah, watch, but, is, yeah, it's a horrible <laughs> thinking about it. Even, yeah. Okay, go on. Yeah. So, so you, so you understand and my parents are baby boomers and, um, and so here I was at that time, I was in my, um, I had just turned 40 and I'm like, okay, at 40 years old, how do you get yourself mentally prepared to do something new, to create a structure on your own, um, and to take all the lessons that you learned in corporate America and apply those in a, in a way that, um, fits your own vocation. I, um, I mean, it was a journey, but I, getting through that belief, um, that to, um, I would say, I think my faith played a huge part in that, but I also believe that, um, I believe that prayer changes things, but also a plan, <laughs> I believe yeah. a plan changes things too, and execution of that plan. And part of that planning was, uh, making sure that I was financially prepared to make a transition. So over the course of Two years, I made sure that um, there was um, I, I was in a place of financial readiness um, where I had money saved up to where I could make a transition, or I, I, I had enough money to even set aside to start a business. A lot of people save money for a vacation or a new home or a car. Well, I saved money for a business so that I could have some seed money set aside to actually um, start. And then I also put together a team. Like I um, have worked with my CPA for over 20 years, plus I have um, a friend who's a business attorney, and and these are people that I've known for a long time, and they also it's, it's important to have a team around you, people who are experts at what they do, who can challenge your thinking, challenge your vision, uh, who believe in you, and I was fortunate to have that in place before I left. So I just I, along with some other. Um, uh, uh, resources. Um, I, I worked with a marketing um, consultant as well or a publicist to while I was still in corporate America. Um, so I, 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 that was part of my plan um, to make sure that I thought through um, what it would take to ensure a smooth transition for me. Uh, but again, that first step, Catherine, is looking at myself in the mirror and believing in myself and, and, and trying to mitigate the fear and mitigate the self-doubt. And I just think part of doing that is making sure that you 
think it through, write your goals down, and have people around you to encourage you and to, um, you know, help you um, advance uh, in your journey. So, Juliet, so you have to look at yourself in the mirror. Number one, that's what you're saying. Mm -hmm. But then I'm Mm -hmm. trying to kind of call out those resources that you have because I didn't mention this in the beginning, but you also graduated from business school. I'm sure that that's helpful. Mm-hmm. 20 years in corporate America, trusted team. Uh, you've had a lot of experience, and then you put that all together with a plan. Um, mm-hmm. How do you yeah. think? Yeah. How do you think women would do or without all of sort of, I'm going to say, resources that you had? I mean, that's just who you are, right? You've had the education. You had people that you knew in the business, trusted team, um, and a lot of experience. I keep repeating that. What about, what do you say to women who aren't really in that position, don't have all those resources? Um, or have well, a, I would say, yeah, yeah I, I mean, great question. Um, so I, I, for people who, you know, may not be in the corporate system or corporate structure, um, someone who's just trying to figure out life, make sense of where they are. Um, this is real. This really speaks to the part of my story where um, I had to go through my own process of self-discovery, and I had to ask myself, "Who am I, and why am I here on this earth, and what's inside of me?" I for people who. Um, who are, uh, you know, again, may not have the resources per se. Um, the first step really is getting to know yourself and understanding the gifts that are inside of you and tapping into that. I do speak on that a lot. I believe ultimately that it's our gifts that make room for us. Um, it's our gifts that attract opportunities. And what I would tell women is figure out what it is that you love to do and what you do well, because at that intersection is your genius. At that intersection is uh, your purpose even. And and you have to get to that place. But see, that takes work. Uh, that takes time. That takes learning things about yourself that you might only discover when you're working a nine-to-five job. Your nine-to-five job is not ultimately who you are. Uh, your nine-to-five job can help you figure out things about yourself. It can help you to discover what you love to do what you're naturally great at. Um, Your nine-to-five job can provide opportunities and resources that you can take advantage of. For example, tuition reimbursement. I achieved, uh, I went back to school to get my master's degree in business with the help of a company that I was a part of because they offered tuition reimbursement. And so find out what opportunities are available within the job that you have, the company that you work for, and maximize those opportunities, own those opportunities, if you will, because that will help you to sharpen your skills. It will help you to enhance your business acumen. Um, 
along the way, if you're taking advantage of opportunities to grow your own human capital, you also will, um, naturally you'll grow and you will evolve and you will add more value. You will increase your value. And, um, and, and that's how you grow. Also, it's the nine to five job that gives you the opportunity to overcome adversity because there are highs and lows wherever you work. And you've got to learn from the failures or learn from the, um, learn from, um, conflicts, learn from, um, those situations where you had to overcome a crisis or an adversity because you, you can't even advance without adversity. So that's a part, I, I would say failure is just as important as success and discovering who you are and how you're uniquely made, how you're uniquely shaped. So self-discovery to me, Catherine, is the genesis of true leadership. And when you're, I want to stop you there because when you talk about self-discovery and you, and you, you talk about you have to recognize your gifts, your opportunities, overcome adversity, when you're in, and, and I, when you say, you know, self-discovery, it, it takes time. It's not something you can do overnight. It's, it's, a, it's a long process. What about the things that you discover about yourself that you don't like? Because or mm-hmm. that you, yeah, and, and how does that affect how you go forward? Because in that process, you're going to, like you said, you're going to find your gifts and what you're good at. And, you know, there's a lot of good stuff there. But within all of us, there's also a lot of stuff that gets in the way. I don't want to call it bad stuff, but how do you deal with that? And, and not kind of push it aside. <laughs> yeah, you learn from the things that you don't like. Um, I, even relationships. I, I, I've had successful relationships. I've had failed relationships. And um, relationships where I may have made some mistakes. And it's even, even in the failure, you, you learn what you're made of. You, you learn what you can do better the next time. And so, yes, it's, it's so important to embrace the failure. It's so important to embrace rejection, especially on the job, because, you know, uh, you may not get promoted when you want to get promoted. Re- the rejection, rejection is actually a blessing because um, it teaches you, it redirects you. Um, rejection builds your character, Okay, and it prepares you for the next opportunity. And while it doesn't feel good to be rejected, it never feels good to be told no. It never feels good to have a a door slammed in your face. Um, But it's something that you can learn from. When a door is closed, it forces you to move on. It forces you to find that open door. Um, and, um, and so on the job, I know I've been rejected so many times and it's very difficult, but I wouldn't be where I am today had I not gone through failure, had I not gone through adverse moments, had I not gone through or experienced rejection. So yes, those negative things are all a part of the self-discovery process. Now, and as part of the process, as a woman, and I'm going to say in a man's world, because it still is a man's business world, um, I think. How did you fit into that? And, and also, what advice do you have for, 
for, for women. Because sometimes, you know, I mentioned earlier, I'm a baby boomer. I sometimes hear the same stuff going on in corporate America in the man's world as 30 years ago or 20 years ago. H- has it changed? I mean, women like you are changing it. I'm making the assumption, but it, it, it it's difficult. And how do what do we do? How, how do women navigate the waters in those kinds of male situations, I, I would say, business. So absolutely. So when I will, um, I want to go back to a story when I was in my early 20s and I, I just started working for a corporation and I was the only woman on a team of six. I was the around six, maybe five or six. I was the only woman. I was the only person of color and I was the youngest. And so I'm, I'm around 25 or 26 years old um, on a team of white men, a uh, couple of whom are old enough to be my father. And we were planning um, our team retreat for the following year. Team bonding was uh, very important. It was a priority for this team. But Catherine, as we were planning for our team trip, and I am on this team, uh, one of the gentlemen had an idea of let's take a our team bonding trip to the mountains to go on a men's retreat. And so here I am as a woman, young woman with a ponytail. Okay, <laughs> yeah. and I, um, yeah, I, I want to. I'm setting the stage here. Um, you know how a woman fits in into a man's world and what that experience did for me. Um, I tried to, the first thing I did, defensive, uh, at least not initially, and I tried to find the opportunity in that um, suggestion. And, and so I raised my hand. I said, well, okay, maybe I can go and learn how to better understand men, how to better communicate. And the response that I received was, oh, you can't go, Juliet, because you're a woman. And imagine being on a team, you're the only woman, the only person of color, the youngest, and you're, again, you were faced with this opposition by a man, by a group of men, and um, and my response to that was, so we're going to have a team bonding trip, but without me. And so I share that story um, in response to your question, because even in those moments of adversity, as a woman, I found my voice. I, 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 if if I hadn't spoken up in that moment, then the men probably would have still. I would have been complicit. I would have been complicit as a woman to allow uh, the men to go on a team retreat without me. And it was so important that, um, you know, I spoke up when I did because I, re- I recognized in that moment that by, um, you know, being bold and taking a risk and, 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 and voicing my thoughts about the situation, it actually changed the course of what we decided to do as a team retreat. And so, um, so going back to, to women in a, in a man's world, here I was a woman, a young woman on a, on a, basically a a man's team. And, and I think that the lesson there is, you know, you've got to, 
you've got to put yourself out there. You've got to be willing to speak up. You've got to, and you have to ask, timing is so important because when you, as a woman, I, and I've had to learn this over time. And, and I would say that when you, the way that you want to navigate some of these situations, you've got to ask yourself when you do assert your voice, does one, does something need to be said? Two, does something need to be said by me? And three, does something need to be said by me now? And that's what I had to learn in that moment. And I think as women, we have to exercise um, when to speak and when to be silent. I mean, that is such great advice. So does something need to be said? Does it need to be said by me? And does it need to be said by me now? I think if you stop in all of those kinds of situations that we've been talking about, you really will be uh, on the t- you're, you're heading to the top of your game. I mean, you were like Daniel in the lion's den. I mean, with all, as you describe it, <laughs> oh my God, I'm not sure I would not, I, I don't know how many people, well, they have to read your book, I guess. So there'll be more women who will do exactly what you did, especially 25 years old. Um, I mean, you had everything going against you in that situation. Um, but that was the beginning. And it, as you said, it builds on itself. Once you do it once, and it particularly you know, that's kind of a horrific position you were put in uh, and you it, you get a positive result. It builds on itself. So the next time you're going to be more apt to do or take that kind of a, a position. Right. I mean, it's um, absolutely. And yeah. you know what else, Catherine, not only are you uh, you grow, you're once you're you are bolder, you know, you become bolder, you grow bolder over time. But not only that, it. it people, the men around you, they began to respect you just a little bit more, just yeah. a little bit more. And they they see that you are a force to be reckoned with. And How about this? So I want to, when know, you I, say that, I, I also, because I'm thinking, look what you did and how you responded. But here you are, this like, also, I have to add this piece because this co- does come into play. This young 25-year-old, very smart, good-looking young woman you know, how do that too, you know, you are a good looking young woman and they respond to that also, uh, you know, the, you know, the me too movement, things have changed, but still, um, that must've been part of the scenario. Um, you know, nobody's ever mentioned that to me, but thank, thank you for the compliment for one, (laughs) but I, you know, I, um, I, I don't know how much um, my um, my my physical attributes played a part um, because I still had to perform um, yeah. and um, I, I still had to bring other things to the table. Uh, but what I, I will say, first of all, number one, um, fortunately, I don't ever recall. Um, I don't ever recall having any experience where um, a man treated me inappropriately in a in a physical way. Okay, so um, I so I, I I've never had that encounter. Uh, thankfully, I've never been harassed. Um, but I will say that um, I, I do think if there was one attribute that it a physical attribute that did help me 
uh, what's my smile? I, I do men and women, uh, believe it or not. And I, <laughs> this is the first time I've ever actually ever said this, but, yeah. um, I do believe that having, um, that just something as simple as smiling as a woman, it's very disarming in any space that you're in because your energy will greet people, uh, before you open your mouth. <laughs> and I, um, I do believe that um, having, you know, just something as simple as smiling is a reflection of an attitude that I brought to work every single day uh, to the best that I could. And that is having a positive attitude and creating positive expectations of people. And, um, you know, I know that I cannot control uh, other people. I know that I'm sure, yeah, I'm not one. I am not the person that pulls a race card or even, um, you know, the, the woman car. I, I don't do that. I don't leave with that. Um, I try to just, um, focus on what I can control. I'm not saying that those things don't exist, but I don't look for them. No, you actually give I them said, the, you give them, and we have only have a couple minutes left, so I do want to okay. let you tell us, okay. but you have the Juliet card, <laughs> not you, uh, that's what you use, that engage, because that's you, that's your smile, that's your that's connection, right. and that's, and mm-hmm. I think that, and that's genuine, obviously, and that, as you say, with mm-hmm. men and with women, so, um, I mean, uh, that's a great at- attribute. Anyway, we want people to read the book, Own Your Opportunities, a story of self-discovery and self-determination. Uh, we've talked about a few of the uh, topics in the book, but there's a lot more. So, Juliet, give us website and or websites to go to um, so that we can get more information about you and your okay. work. Yeah. Uh, uh, my website is juliethall.com. So you can go there, and my name is spelt just like Romeo and Juliet, so one E, one T. (laughs) JulietHall.com is my website. The name of my book is Own Your Opportunities, and you will find more information about me uh, on my website. I'm also very much engaged on social media. Please follow me on Instagram, LinkedIn, and I also have a YouTube channel where I do a lot of speaking and teaching on topics related to career development and personal growth. Okay, YouTube channel, and I'll mention again, Principal of Juliet Hall, Inc., which is the boutique, your boutique leadership consulting agency in Atlanta. So great talking to you today. Lots of really good information. And thank you so much for being on the show. My pleasure. Thank you. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you've been listening to The Catherine Zox Show. (laughs) 